welcome to another edition of the UK Law Weekly Podcast with me, your host, Marcus Cleaver. This week we're going to be looking at the case of the Crown on the application of TN Vietnam and Secretary of State for the Home Department. The citation for this case is 2021 UKSC 41. In this case that we're looking at today is an immigration case that forces us to consider at what point proceedings ought to be considered structurally unfair. TN is from Vietnam and from 2004 onwards made repeated attempts to enter the UK and claim asylum. For the purposes of this case, she entered the UK in 2014 and made another asylum claim based on religious persecution. Her claim was to be decided using the detained fast-track procedure, and it was ultimately rejected by the decision-maker. She appealed to the first-tier tribunal, but that was also unsuccessful. Just before TN was due to be removed, she claimed that she had also been the victim of trafficking, but ultimately this was also found not to be the case, and it was held that this assertion also did not represent a fresh asylum claim either. However, on appeal it was decided that this was a fresh claim, although the original decision by the first-tier tribunal was not automatically a nullity. TN appealed to the Court of Appeal on that latter point, But this was dismissed and so she appealed to the Supreme Court, which is where we pick things up. Before we get into this case itself, it is worth providing some context around the fast-track procedure rules that we used here. In 2015, the Court of Appeal held that the rules were, quote, structurally unfair, unjust and ultra-virus, end quote, and that this structural unfairness, quote, created an unacceptable risk of unfairness in a significant number of cases, unquote. When TN brought her appeal to the Supreme Court, the essence of her argument was that if the fast-track procedure rules were ultra-virus, then the determination of her own appeal should also be held to be of no legal effect. Lady Arden gave the lead judgment and rejected this suggestion, because the fact that the rules were inherently unfair does not mean that the hearing was unfair when those rules were applied to TN's particular case. The first-tier tribunal has jurisdiction by virtue of the Nationality, Immigration and Asylum Act 2002, and there is also a duty to act fairly. As a result, if the rules mean that the determination of the tribunal is unfair, then there is no jurisdiction, and the determination would have to be set aside, but it is for TN to prove this. The reasoning behind this has its origins in the 1956 decision of Smith and East Ello Rural District Council, where it was held that a court order is binding until it is set aside. This was cited with approval because it promotes certainty in legal proceedings. So TN had to prove her case, but there was nothing in relation to the way that the hearing was conducted that suggested it was unfair. As a result, she would have to instead show the way in which the rules impacted adversely on her particular case. But the suggestion that the use of the fast-track procedure rules meant that TN was not able to properly develop her case was found to be unpersuasive. Lady Arden did acknowledge in her judgement that asylum claims should be heard using the highest standards, given what is at stake, but if there was an argument that needed to be developed, then TN's legal representation should have requested an adjournment at the time. Furthermore, the fact that there is now a fresh appeal means that any such arguments may be raised then instead. Another problem that TN faced was that her own evidence was very shaky throughout. She originally claimed that her mother had died in 1999, and then that she had died in 2003 instead. 
Tien also falsely claimed to have two children back in Vietnam. Ultimately, the appeal was dismissed, and the Supreme Court held that while an individual is of course entitled to a fair hearing, it is a fair hearing that is appropriate to their claim. I think that the first thing to say here is that the Supreme Court is quite lucky that there is a fresh appeal here, because it becomes a bit of a crutch for them to rely on. No matter what they decide in this case, the questions surrounding the fairness of the original claim can be rectified in the fresh claim based on trafficking. Of course, the main issue is around fairness and what it means to have a fair trial. The recently published Right to a Fair Trial in International Law identifies a number of elements that constitute the right, including the right to an independent tribunal, the right to prepare a defence, the right to sufficient time and facilities to prepare a defence, and so on. Meanwhile, the European Court of Human Rights outlined the approach to be taken in Al-Khawaja and Tahiri versus the UK, where it was said that such factors were considered in the light of any statutory safeguards, any opportunities afforded to the defence to overcome difficulties, and the way in which the proceedings have been conducted by the judge. I think that when you combine this with the higher standards warranted by asylum claims, and that only a small degree of unfairness can taint proceedings, it becomes pretty hard to argue that TN's case was actually fair. The whole point of the fast-track procedure was that it pushed cases through the system, but did so in a way that did not offer enough time to properly prepare a defence. That is what happened with Tien, so why did the Supreme Court fail to recognise this? Well, if this case had been declared unfair, then it would really open the floodgates to a lot of other asylum applications from the period when the fast-track procedure rules were in place. By skirting around the issues and putting the burden on Tien, the justices are doing a fairly unconvincing job at persuading us that there is a material distinction between inherent unfairness and the circumstances in a particular case. They are saving the Home Office from a mess that the Home Office created, with only scant justification for doing so. Before I finish, just a reminder at this time of giving that I really appreciate everyone who has taken the time to leave a review of the podcast on iTunes and would urge those of you listening who have not done so to hop on and leave a five-star rating. It really helps the podcast, and I'll shout out anyone who does leave a positive review. That's all from me, and I'll be back with another episode next week, but for now, bye!